as I was thinking about what I wanted to say today, and the very special opportunity on Christmas that we have, I started looking through a few pictures about Christmas, and obviously, Santa. You, you can't, you know, at least in the worldly concept, secular concept of Christmas, Santa's always somewhere. And as I started looking through some of the pictures that were available, I realized that meeting with Santa isn't always a really happy, joyful thing. And uh, so I thought I'd show you a picture or two, and we want to turn all the house lights up. Keep in mind for camera, everything that says camera ought to be on at this time. Thanks so much. Okay, let's go with that first picture here. I wonder if anybody's ever seen this look at Christmas. <laughs> Number two. Now this is from 1940s. Some unhappy boys posing with a Santa. Uh, it, 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 that's a scary Santa, I'm telling you. I, that's just a scary Santa. I think I'd, I'd be unhappy too if I had to sit in his lap. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, that's scary right there. Number three. Oh, you've experienced this, or perhaps you were that little girl. This is moving up to 2015. Things didn't get better sometimes. For... All right, let's go to the next one. Oh, come on, come on. I believe it was uh, our Karen, the pianist, who said to, during her talk a couple of weeks ago from up here, she said, if, you don't, if you're not a dog, lo a dog lover, I can't be your friend. Where's Karen? That, that's right here. If you're not a dog lover, I just can't be your friend. I just think that's cute. That's all that is. That's the nativity scene with dogs. Isn't that great? I love that. All right. We might have a break in the pictures. Is there one more? We, we don't need to go there. right there. So you can, you can go ahead and go to something for the meantime. You know, in our culture, we are... Um, we are guilty of fashioning our ideas about God and what he must be like and then fitting Jesus into that. What am I talking about? Well, he's kind of old. He's judgmental. He's hard to get to. He's distant. He's difficult. He requires you to change your behavior before he'll accept you and put his arms around you. And then we fit Jesus into that. I'd like to submit to you that we flip that. That we discover who Jesus is, how he lived and how he walked, and then fit our concept of God into Jesus. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about that. You know, I had an interesting week. Um, we do something on Wednesdays called Hot Dog Wednesday, where we stand outside the front door here and give out fresh hot dogs and chips, and it's great fun. We meet a load of different people. I got to pray with one lady who sat across the table out there in the parking lot on the asphalt jungle, and we just sat there, and she said, I, I need to talk to you. Is this a, this a church? And uh, she said, this might be a divine appointment. Let me go put my stuff out back in the car, and I'll be back. We sat down, we got a hot dog together, and we started 
she told me that over this past year, nine individuals in her life that were either family members or close to her had died. So she said, Pastor, I'm, I'm still recovering. I'm still dealing with that hurt, but I'm full of joy. I know Jesus has not left me. I know Jesus is real. I just cried. We, we prayed and I cried. And, and I thought in the moment, how raw, how real for somebody to share with someone she doesn't even know that kind of story. But it was just real and it was emotional. It was... Add another thing this week. Uh, I wanted to have signage out front here. You know, we have four parking spots that belong to us. You know, next to the liquor store and the Ace. Isn't that, aw isn't that awesome to, to have a church right between the liquor store and the Ace? You can't imagine the amount of traffic all week long past our front door because people are going over to buy a tool and then after they get their tool, they go get a beer. That'll help them work on whatever they're working on. Or maybe they couldn't find their tool and they're mad and they want to go get a beer. I don't know what they're doing, but they go right by our door. It's incredible the opportunities that we have had just since moving here. So I wanted, I wanted a couple of uh, parking signs that said, you know, handicapped only, and then visitor and guest. And I had found them a couple of weeks ago online. And I went to order them this week. It was like Tuesday, and I thought, I'll pull the trigger on that and get those in here before the weekend. We'll be able to have them for all of you on, on Sunday. Called the place. We can't get them there by Sunday. Even if you pay us extra for freight, we can't get them there. And I don't know why, but it just so upset me. I know the ladies were in the office, and I just said, I'm mad. I used a different word for it. <laughs> and I said, I know it shouldn't bother me that much, but I just realized my procrastination. I could have pulled the trigger on this two weeks ago and I would have had those signs and we could have reserved those spots out front. And we don't for one reason. I was procrastinating. I was lazy. I didn't, I didn't do it. I just didn't get after it. So I just got bothered with myself. Has anybody ever felt those feelings? You just get mad at yourself for not doing something in a timely way and not getting it to your house when it should have got, gotten there. And, and otherwise, you could, could, could I get a water from you there, dear? Just unscrew the top on that one right there. Perfect. I got home, and I have two little Lhasa Apsos, or excuse me, two little uh, Shisus. You all know what Shisus are, don't you? I mean, they're very much the same, actually, Lhasa's and, and Shisus. And it's not Shih Tzu. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that's what everybody says, Shih Tzu. It's Shisu. Shisu, next time you talk to me, Shisu, not Shih Tzu. All right, now... Um, so I, I have two little shisus. I have a girl and a boy. And uh, every, time, every time I come home, it is like a party. It is, they forgot I, they have very short memories. You can go out and do some yard work and come back in, and they are just excited to see you. They want to kiss all over you and love you and hug you. Isn't that great? 
We could learn something from that. Every time we come to church, we ought to be like my little shisus, just loving on one another, hugging, so glad to see you, just wagging your little tail, you know. Wouldn't that be great? So I just get down on the floor. I usually sit down with these little guys, and I hug them and kiss all over them, and it's fun. And I thought, I thought to myself, isn't this fascinating, that, that the difference in emotion from what I'm experiencing right now, just holding these little beings and what I had experienced at work when I was practically cursing because I was so frustrated. And then we had a family Christmas yesterday. We all went up to my sister-in-law's home and, and a bunch of the family were all there and we had such a great time. But we had to end it early because my nephew's dog who was my brother's dog, was just at a point where they couldn't keep him any longer, and he was dying. And they decided that that morning, it, it just they couldn't go any further, and he was in pain and whimpering and all, and they, they called hospice, and hospice was coming to the house at 1 o'clock. And they had to put, put my brother's dog down. My brother passed away a couple of years ago. This is his daughter, Erica. And I got, I got home and I thought, man, Jesus, this isn't easy. On Sunday, I'm praising the Lord. On Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm frustrated as yes. Because of just being stupid. Wednesday, I'm praying and crying with somebody who's lost life. And on Saturday, I'm coming home from a great family Christmas where a number of them are leaving to put their precious dog down. Have you ever found that life is a, a bit like that? I mean, every time you just think you've got your arms around it. <laughs> Man. Tim Shepard said, because if God is one of us, and that God looks exactly like Jesus, well, that changes everything. Again, if God is one of us, and that God looks exactly like Jesus, that changes everything. You see, God is one of us. Look at some of the facts. His birth was so misunderstood that an entire race of people rejected him. He was born an illegitimate child. Think of what he went through in his early years growing up, going into Hebrew school, being criticized and made fun of and called names for being illegitimate. His father didn't father him. How am I doing? Uh, are these the right facts? It's not your standard Christmas message, but it's, it's the facts of Christmas. The government so feared his presence on earth that they hunted him, couldn't get him, so they killed all of the little young ones 
trying to get to him. You remember that story in the Bible. He was run out of town because of things that he said that people didn't agree with. <laughs> Even his brothers. The scripture says in one passage I read, his brothers did not believe in him. How many of you have ever been at odds with a family member? I mean, right now today, you're, you're having to parse out where you're going to go in your various Christmas visitations based on who's there. I heard somebody just going into the weekend, they said, and I'm not going over there because they don't get along, and so I'm going to go at this time, and then I'm getting out of there because this uncle or person is coming. Are, are we being real this morning? And, and Jesus, this was Jesus. This was Jesus' reality. Even his brothers didn't believe in him. And yet in John's Gospel, chapter 14 and verse 9, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. So in other words, give us a different religious view of God. Show us a mighty God who sits in his glory with a big white beard. And if we'll get our behavior all together, he'll, he'll bless us. Let us see him on his throne. Watch Jesus' response. Have I been so long with you, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father so why are you asking me to show him to you? Why was Jesus born a child instead of a full-sized adult, fully mature 30-year-old adult? Why a child? I, I want to read the standard religious explanation. All right, you ready? I found this. not going to tell you who wrote it. It's a particular religious organization, very well known globally. But this would be a standard understanding of why Jesus had to be born. Watch. The reason that Jesus was born as a baby and not made as a mature 30-year-old man is that in order for him to be the Messiah and fulfill prophecy, he needed to be born under law. The law of Galatians 4, 4 says that that's how he was born. Part of the requirement of the law was to be circumcised on the eighth day after being born. He could not do that if he was made at 30 years of age. Also, if he were not born, then Jesus would not be both divine and human because there would not be a true incarnation of the word, which was God, and was made flesh. And then that person was Jesus. Also, if he was not made 30, if he had been made 30 years old, then he would not really be 30 years old. Uh, follow me now, I know, it, it gets... So, he would only appear to be 30 years of age. This is important because in order for a priest to be eligible for his priestly work, he had to be 30 years of age. So Jesus needed to be born under the law and be circumcised, be in subjection to his parents, and grow to the age of 30 before he was eligible to become a high priest under the order of Melchizedek and perform his atoning work. That's a lot of hoops, Kevin. <laughs> uh, 
Isn't there anything a little simpler than that for why Jesus came and wasn't born fully mature, but came as a child and was born? I found one. This is in Hebrews chapter 2. What? Do we see this Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels? And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into his family. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring the entire family with him into salvation. Verse 14 says, Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, Jesus had to be made of flesh and blood. Now watch this. For only as a human could he then have died, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil. Amen. Isn't that a whole lot easier? Instead of jumping through all the religious traditions and hoops of why he had to be born and this and that, he had to be born a kid so that he could experience everything you and I do in life. Go through all of the troubles, experience all of the same emotions, have the hard days, experience the feeling of bitterness. And yet in all of that, never once did he sin, the Bible said. And so the Bible says that he, he's eminently capable of knowing us, of relating to you and me. Because he had bad days, he got frustrated, he got angry. One time he got so angry, he walked into the temple, and the Bible says he took a whip and he whipped some of the religious people in the, in the temple and drove them out, and then he threw the tables over that they had all lined up with their paraphernalia. He just picked them up and threw them over. This is Jesus, mild-mannered. You know, Hollywood, Jesus, you know, he kind of had a halo. All the Hollywood pictures, Jesus has a halo, and everybody's in tow behind him, you know, and he's, um, um, not my Jesus. Jesus walked in that temple, get out of here, get out of here, and tipped the tables over. Jesus got mad. And in another verse, it says that when Jesus heard that his best friend had died and that they had buried him. It says he sat down, shortest verse in the Bible. It says, Jesus sat down, and here's the verse, Jesus wept. I wonder if Jesus knows what you're going through. I wonder if Jesus knows exactly where you and I are at. I wonder if Jesus knows exactly the kind of day or week or the past month, or six months, or maybe this thing in your life has been going on for years. I wonder if Jesus really understands what I'm going through.
I also question this. I don't know about you. This is how my mind works. I've stopped accepting the status quo and religious explanations and what I was taught in Sunday school. And I, I just find myself at my age wanting to challenge everything I've learned. And just be sure it's really what the Bible says. And, and what a, a real relationship with God looks like. So I, I, I asked him, Lord, why is the Bible completely silent on Jesus' early life? Think about it. After Jesus' birth... There is one, only one instance in all of the Bible where his youth or his, you know, pre-adult or even into his 20s is mentioned. And it's when he was 12 years old, his parents traveling to Jerusalem for a celebration. Back then they would travel in a big caravan and they had all their camels and donkeys and attendants and so on and so forth. So it was, it was you know, it was a big party. And they got to Jerusalem, and they were busy, and they were excited, and they were worshiping. Then they said, we need to get out of here and get home. So they got, they packed everything up, and got all the camels resaddled, and they all went home. And all of a sudden, Mary starts looking around. Where's Jesus? <laughs> they had left him. Parents? Some of you are saying, you've done that. We left our kid in a hotel once walked out went to lunch got to lunch and she I'm as God is my way I'm not making a got to lunch and couldn't find her she wasn't there we had to go back to the hotel and get her we left her back at the conference now are you telling me Jesus doesn't know what you feel like Jesus doesn't understand your bad days Jesus doesn't understand when you get angry and frustrated because you didn't place an order in time Dusty, I can't imagine the times somebody has promised you, a client promised you, and, and then they fall short on that, and all of a sudden a check you were expecting to get a bill paid doesn't come in, and you just want to you wanna reach inside of their mouth, down to where their throat is. And just, you know what I'm saying? You just, you don't do it. You don't act on it. But our brother up here knows what you're feeling. Amen. And, and here's what I feel like I heard the Holy Spirit say about this. Even though from birth to 30 years of age, you only find one scripture, and I was silent on my son's life. The reason I was silent is because you are supposed to fill in the blank with your life. Because Jesus gets you in all your pain, in all your sadness, in all the brokenness, in all the hurt, in all the frustration. And maybe right now at Christmas when you know it ought to be different and you ought to be happier and it ought to be just be better than this. Jesus gets it. Next picture. That's my Jesus. He gets me. He gets me when I feel like a little baby still. Where I'm not proud of myself and how I acted. He just sits down next to me. Notice there's no wall. There's no rejection. Notice he's not holding his Bible saying, now let me show you a couple of verses here. 
here's what you need to do about that. <laughs> oh, I just love that picture. You know, it just makes me want to, that's why Jesus. Who's he calling? Who's he calling? Is that you, Lila? Who's he calling? He's calling me. So somebody. <laughs> Let me explain what that was. I, I always set my little thing for it. And it's the first time I've done it in this building. I haven't preached for six weeks. I'm out of practice. So uh, I, I said it for 25 minutes because I told myself, well, they won't want to listen on Christmas more than 25 minutes. <laughs> I'm about done. I'm about done. Hold on. Give me that next picture. Is that the Jesus you know? Is that the Jesus you know this Christmas? Give me that next one. <laughs> Give me that next one. There's no anger there. Jesus isn't mad at you. Let's stop trying to fit Jesus into our concept of God. And let's start fitting our concept of God and our relationship with God into Jesus. Because if you've seen him, You've seen the Father. Give me that next picture. There is a church father. Now, when we say church father, we're referring to about 15 or 20 people who lived right after the time of Jesus' death into about the third century. So, 300s A.D. There is a church father known as Athanasius of Alexandria who has written extensively on the subject of incarnation. You say, what's that mean, Jeff? Incarnation, it means the embodiment of deity in us. The union of the divinity or the unity of the divine with the human all in Jesus. He was both. Watch this. Here's what he said. He became what we are, that he might make us what he is. 